Welcome to Raw Female, a podcast that offers an unfiltered look at women in midlife. We're your hosts, Chris and Allie. Hey, sister. This is part two of our chat with Monica Corcoran Harrell. She's a journalist and a screenwriter, and she launched Pretty Ripe. I love that newsletter, by the way. Oh. It's got everything that you need as a woman 40 plus, honestly. Oh, totally, totally. And she has some great hacks in it, and she brought them to our interview. So let's get on with that. I, I can't wait. a question about invisibility. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that as you're aging? I actually just started feeling that more so. I do not feel invisible. And I have really strong feelings about what I call this myth of invisibility. There's certainly something to, to it. I'm not saying there isn't, But I think the idea that you're not as visible to younger people, um, it's nothing new. And I don't think it only happens to women, frankly. What I like to say is, like, I'm more visible to people that I care about. When I walk into a party or an event, um, I end up talking to people who maybe are my peers. But, like, I I don't know. I guess I just don't care if I turn heads. Um, But I also feel like in a room... This idea that you're not valuable, uh, whether you're at the office or at a social event. Um, I think we talk about women being invisible and it makes them feel that way. So I'm really interested to hear Mm. why you're starting to feel it. Maybe I'm just ignoring that people are ignoring me. Maybe that's my (laughs) self-defense. I don't know. But I just feel like I'm meeting more people that I care about. My interest is deeper. Does that make sense? I think I think that's yeah, totally. I for me, it's purely a physical thing. Is as of aging, I feel like you know, I'm I'm more invisible to just strangers. Yeah, and you know, when you when you when you put it in those terms, I've definitely felt that. I mean, I've put like, let's say, I put a lot of effort into going out, and nobody notices. I have I feel a little crestfallen, and then I shake it off. Um, I think, I think I started to see that maybe, you know, a couple of years ago and now my expectations are different and I, maybe, maybe I mourned that in a way, I don't know, but someone who talks about this a lot in a really interesting way, and I'm sure you both follow her is Paulina Poroskova. Uh, I've been following her. She's Mm -hmm. doing a great job. Right. Very transparent about everything that's going on with her. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for a supermodel or an actress to age, anyone who relies on their looks for their livelihood must be excruciating. And that's why yep. I'm oh, so glad I'm a writer. Yes. I mean, I can be old and just keep pushing those keys and I don't <laughs> just don't have to worry yes. about what I look like. It's not going to sell me. So but I, I do get what you mean about um you know, not always being noticed. And sometimes it's surprising because I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I think I look great. I mean, I think I suffer from high self-esteem and every once in a while I'll see a picture of myself. I'm like, I don't look like that. And I was oh, like, well, yeah, I that's have you. that exact, right? mm-hmm. I have that exact thing. I'm like, woohoo, look at me. And <laughs> I'm like, where did that come but from? But I love yeah. that. It's that's like an inner, that is an inner, to me, once you get there, you've arrived. 
That's how yeah. I feel. And I, I also think that you should think about that as yourself and not give two shits if anybody else agrees with you. Right, but the Once pictures you got there, don't, the pictures the pictures don't, don't match. That, that it's very weird. I took a picture with a friend of mine the other day and I was feeling so awesome and a millennial took it. And I said, hey, when you take that picture, Edit out my my double chin because I know you can do that. You are a millennial. You're right. a millennial. You know what you're doing. So then my friend sends me the pictures and I'm like, there I am with that big neck. And I'm like, what the frig? You know, first of all, the millennial let me down. Second of all, wow, this picture is not. Yeah. It's like, not what you have in your own mind. what I have okay. in my mind. But I'm kind of feeling that's the vibe that I give out. Not yeah. the vibe in the picture. I think the vibe I'm giving out is woohoo. That's so I'm true. I'm just thinking that. But I think that's exactly it though, Chris. It's like mm. whatever your inner feelings are, I think it really trumps anything that your external visual looks like. It's like when you meet, when mm. I, I remember meeting this guy and I was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's like an average guy, dad, body, whatever. He had the most amazing personality and was funny and smart. And at the end of that night, I was totally in love with him. I was like, holy (laughs) shit, look at this guy. And it didn't even match. It didn't even matter what the external, you know what I mean? And I think if, if we can all get there quicker, I guess the question in that whole diatribe of bullshit, I just said, (laughs) what is you, you wrote, you've been writing or you had in the past written for a lot of these style magazines. Did you ever feel like, cause I have to say I was on a plane the other, and I got a magazine and I was looking through it and I was like, none of these women that are in this magazine represent anybody that I know at all. Like they're right. all just airbrushed still. We're still doing this. And did you have any sense of like, is this the right, what should we be doing in this space at this point? Where are you with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I I think that magazines like Elle and Marie Claire are doing a a better job at times, but I I do feel like editorials, they, they, they want to be aspirational. So they're never really that realistic, meaning fashion editorials. And years ago, I always felt like, why isn't there an Esquire for women, a magazine that has some fashion, but also has some think pieces and and, and covers wellness and talks about like culture, politics, all of those things. And I think women's magazines are are somewhat coming up to speed, like Teen Vogue. If you take a look at that, it it got really smart. It got really political in a way that almost scared Condé Nast. It surpassed all of the adult female magazines in its coverage of abortion, female politicians, sexism, um, sexuality, fluid sexuality. It really took off. So I think it's changing. But when I was there, I did feel that. I just want to jump back to the picture thing, because I do have a policy whereby, because now we're in an age of deleting pictures, right? People say, I hate this picture. I look terrible. If you hand me my phone and say, oh, I just took this picture or hand me your phone, I look at it. I said, that it's a, that's a great picture. I'll, I'll look at it and say, I love that picture. And I hand it back. I barely look at it because I do not give my ch- myself a chance to criticize it. And Ooh, I, I don't know what really that's works a good for hack. me. Because I have heard people say, can we take it again? Can we take it again? I'm like, it's nope. just a fucking picture. And you look great. You're, you have two arms and two legs and a face. Like, 
Get exactly. with it. All yeah. of those parts work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I love, love that. that. I do I too. Love that. Yeah. Let's get into some hacks since that's oh, kind of a yes. lead in, right? Yeah. Oh, I know we, we, oh, we yes. love yeah. hacks. Well, I know. And I, and that's, that's why I did love, um, pretty ripe too, because it was, yeah, I it's it up. filled I, with yeah, hacks. She's a hacker. She does. Well, okay. I, I right. write so little in each, each little category. So I only really have enough time to, to get hacky with it. To get, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Which one are we starting with? I want to start with beauty and I think I have a okay. great hack. Okay. Do your makeup in your car. Now, granted, during COVID, this might not have applied before you go out. And here's why. It, having worked at Estee Lauder, I know doing your makeup in your bathroom, you go outside and sometimes and you're in daylight and you're like, my makeup looks terrible. Um, do it in your car, in your driveway before you go. you got natural lighting. You've got that mirror right up in your face. Apply, bring your makeup bag in there and do it before you go. Do not do it in your bathroom. I trust oh, me, this whoa. works. It also shortens your routine. I don't know. You just move faster because you're in the car. Put that coffee Ooh. down. Yes. I like that. What about those of us who use a magnifying mirror to put on their liquid eyeliner? Well, but you've got that mirror is super teeny and mm. right there. Yeah. Okay. And so you're I, so I think that may, I like that. You're because so close. Because usually you have the vanity and so you can't really oh, get that close yes, to your right. mirror oh. and bump you right around your midsection, mm. hit your vagina. So okay. you just sit down in that chair, you scoot <laughs> it up, mirror down, it's lit. You've got oh. outdoor lighting. And I like beauty the, tip? I never would have thought about yep. that. Yeah. Never would have thought about no. that. I also always say with beauty, start with your brows. It's the same uh, formula as accessory, uh, building an outfit around an accessory. Always start with your brows. Women underestimate the importance of brows. I'm obsessed with brows. You put on a strong brow and then work your face around it. It will just make your eyes pop. It is actually like a picture frame for your face. I agree. I totally agree. Janine Garofalo says she never goes out without her brows because otherwise she'll look like an embryo. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. And it you actually true. you actually had a I brow product you liked. Oh. It's a gel. I put it, it in my notes. Kosas, K-O-S-A-S air gel. Uh, air mm-hmm. brow gel. And in fact, I sent my husband yes. to Beverly Hills to get that for me because I'd gone to two places that it was out and I had a Zoom and so I couldn't leave the house and I knew they were going to sell out of it because it was selling out everywhere. And I actually called ahead and told the women, this guy's going to come in looking for this air gel. Do you have it? And then when my husband walked in, the two women who were working there started laughing and they say, we know who you are. Your wife called. We got it for you that right here. That is hilarious. Let me tell you, he got we lucky that night. I love that he, he went got lucky and picked that gel up. Yeah, yeah, he did. See, they don't know how easy they can score so easily. Just go pick up my brow gel, honey. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you also recommended that that brush, that Revlon hair dryer. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Will you please tell us about that? What is that? I bought it. You okay? And it's awesome. That is like. Oh, what the hell? It's like if a hair dryer fucked a round brush and had a beautiful <laughs> miracle baby. It's the Revlon One Step. And it's an oblong it brush that's Revlon heated. And literally you can blow out your hair in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. It is so mm-hmm. easy to mm-hmm. use. Oh, I'm getting I've had so many emails from women who said you changed my life. I mean, I almost feel like an immunologist or like the Jonas <sighs> Salk of hair care. Like I solved yes. a big problem. 
So that is well, the you one recommended one it. I'm feeling yes. your hair right now, yes, and, and that's amazing. a total game and changer. Also, I've recommended it to you. I've recommended it to people from you because I'm like, oh my god, I follow Pretty Ripe, and she just said blah blah blah. Okay, wait, what's yeah. it called again? I'll the Revlon. Okay, I'll put it in I'll, the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes, people. It's okay, the, isn't it called the yeah the Revlon the one, one step step one step, step. and it's, it's like forty th- bucks yes. on Amazon. No, it's so cheap, and, and you will I never need another blow dry. Yeah. No, Blowout. you don't. You don't need another one. It's like a three-way. It's like a three-way between <laughs> a blow dryer, a brush, and a curling iron. Ooh. I would go so far. Yeah, as or like a flat iron. I mean, yeah, it's a three-way. Yep. You're okay, absolutely right. Saying. I love that. That okay. product is a that. miracle. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Okay, so those yep. are g- yep. two yep. really good solid hacks, takeaway hacks. Okay, what's next? Um, okay. I have one for wellness and I no longer meet my friends at coffee shops. Sometimes I'll meet for a drink, but I always meet for walks and it sounds crazy, but it works. And we will meet somewhere in the neighborhood and walk for 45 minutes. And I got to tell you, the conversations I have with my girlfriends walking are deeper and more interesting. Maybe it's because we're not staring at each other and we don't have that moment of like feeling self-conscious, which we always do, even with our best girlfriends being vulnerable. You're walking straight ahead and sidestepping dog shit and whatever it is, you are vulnerable and open and, you know, you get steps. And also it's been proven scientifically that walking makes us more creative. So you just have much more interesting conversations. And I do it with my husband too, you know, on, um, on a night where we would go out and get a glass of wine, we will literally, sometimes we'll take wine in a glass and just walk with it. Yeah. So we're sort of like the strolling alcoholics in the neighborhood. We have it in a wine glass, even. I don't know if I that's love, even legal, but who cares? I love that. It doesn't matter no. anymore. Yes. COVID basically so walk, was like, hey, you seriously. can do what you want. I'm going to yes. take it one step further and tell you that I've been doing my client meetings with walks. I love that. Okay, I have a life tip and it might not be revolutionary, but I live by this, which is to make your fucking bed every single morning, no matter what. I I read a study where maybe only 25 or 27% of us actually make our bed in the morning. But at the same time, they've also researched how much more productive Mm -hmm. it makes us and people Mm -hmm. actually are happier. Here's what it does for me. It just sets me in motion for the day. Once I make my bed, there's some order restored in my life. And I can just move on to the next thing. I'm not a taskmaster, but there's something about making your bed that programs your brain to accomplish things. So it sounds silly, but literally make your bed. You will see a difference in how your morning unfurls. Well, it's also your, it, like you said, it's a, it's an easy task that you can actually start and finish and feel really good about because it looks yes. good when you walk away. So you're like, Ooh, starting out the day kind of positively. Totally love that. Do you make your bed every day, Chris? You do, don't you? Well, I have I a long like, story on that. Yes, of I course. feel like you do, I and I do too. Do. I always make my I bed make it too. With Dave and I always <gasps> laugh. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You make it together. You make it together. Well, and do you want to hear the funny story about that? There's a poet. Dave is winning. And I will put Dave this is in winning. the show notes. There's a poet that has a po- a poem about how he makes his bed. I think with a partner, and it's all about understanding and putting time for the other person and all the thing. And I, I heard him read this in public and I was like, this touches my heart. However, 
You take that sentiment and you go 180. It's me and Dave making the bed. And I'm like, fluff those pillows like you mean it, Dave. Mm-mm. I like Mm-mm. a tight sheet. Like I'm very <laughs> particular about my bed and I do it very fast. So he starts every day feeling less than because that I, every morning critique him about the way he makes his Every bed. morning you start morning. out that way and for him. Uh. He's just trying to perform on the bed making. It's very sad. It's very <laughs> now sad. You <laughs> it. yeah. Now you ruined it. Now you ruined it. Yeah. I'm on team so Dave now. Sorry. Yeah, I'm on team. This no, is, see, now totally, you why, know totally. why I'm always been on team Dave. I know. It's for, fair. I've it's known him totally for my, most of my life. To- no, because no, you no. want to start out belittling in the morning. Poor man. It's a power trip. Jesus. I'm going to show you who's boss today at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> That is an exercise in like, why do I feel so bad about myself? Oh my God. I feel bad about my bed now. (laughs) Oh my God. And you know, the sadness is the guy doesn't realize how bad he has it. I mean, he would just be so happier in marriage number two. Oh my God. Well, you mean when marriage number two happens at this point? Because you're pushing that. No one's blaming Nobody is blaming that at all. (laughs) What other hacks did you have? Well, Let's go I, there. Hack in, I have lately started either sending out thank you notes, but I more text and email people just to say thank you for being in my life. And it sounds kind of silly, but the response I get from people, and I really feel that way. I mean, I have friends that I'm so grateful to, even my sister sometimes, my mom. And I just, I do send out these You didn't these mean for that to be emails. funny, but... <laughs> I, um, I send them out and people are really touched, but as I said, I really feel it. And it came out of like sending thank you notes. I always felt like I should send a thank you note if I went to someone's house for dinner or or for a gift. And I just started sending out random notes to people. And it's also become somewhat contagious amongst my friends who I get them back or I hear someone sent one to someone else. It takes a second. It just improves relationships, just makes people feel valuable. So I that's really a humanity like that. hack, I think. Yeah. Yes, I think well, so. Well, it's also modeling good behavior. It's like, yeah. I want, this is how I like to communicate to you. And it's, you want that feedback loop too. I have a girlfriend who's a constant in my life. You know her, Chris, it's cookie. She constantly sends me little notes about like mm-hmm. how much I have supported her and appreciated her. And, and it feels so good to get those. And I love that because I'm not as good about it. So that's a really good reminder. Yeah. And if you don't feel like writing a note out, just send a text. I mean, yeah, very simple. I love these like one hitters of meaning, like these little meaningful, you know, parts that stop your, your day. Well, if you think about it, what else is there in life Mm -hmm. besides Mm -hmm. tasking out your day? Mm -hmm. What else is there in life besides telling the people that Mm -hmm. you're, that you care about Mm -hmm. how you feel about them? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember now who said it. Why can't I think? And maybe you all know. She said, people never remember what you're wearing or what you say to them. They only remember how you make them feel. I think it's Maya Angelou. And I tell that to my daughter all the time. And she's 10. And I just say, like, look, if you're warm to a friend or you make someone feel good, that person will remember you. And I wish I knew that when I was earlier. Sometimes I felt threatened by other women or competitive but I've now learned that if you make someone feel good, um, you got it made. It really is the easiest way to navigate through life with ease. 
and and open doors. Um, so that's one of my favorite hacks in terms of just be really conscious about how you make someone feel. And you can see it in their face. Like when you're upsetting someone, it's usually pretty obvious. When you make someone feel good, it's obvious if you look for those signs. So, you know, that whole thing about women um, as they relate to other women, like you had just mentioned that there's this competitive nature sometimes, or I was talking to a friend yesterday who has a who's an artist and she has a friend who's very competitive with her and she just re you know, and again, this is, I think getting older and knowing who you are, she realizes it's just not good for her anymore. And she's not going to continue with that dynamic with that friend anymore. That's so interesting. I've had the same experience recently with someone and I realized that person doesn't bring out the best in me. And I don't like the way I feel when I walk away from meeting for a drink or having a conversation. So I completely understand that. And I think we're at an age now where, you know, we should be confident enough to not be competitive and to be supportive. I mean, I wish we could be that way in our 20s, but that's not the gift you get. That's when you get the juicy. So when you get the juicy, you're competitive. But when you get older, you let that go. I mean, this is what we're given. And, and, and like when you get to a certain age, um, you just support other women. There's enough room to go around. There's enough of everything. Yes. There's so much abundance. So stop worrying about whether you're going to lose your place in line. You know, um, I feel like that's always befits me when I support other women. But if you're ever in a relationship with someone where you don't feel good at the end of lunch or dinner, I always reevaluate those those relationships and rethink them. But I, I like to think, is there a way to resolve it? I just wrote about confrontation in Pretty Ripe. And again, the science bore out, you know, women are conflict averse. And when you're conflict averse, that means you carry around this resentment instead of resolving uh, a conflict. And um, I, I think that's part of why women end up being competitive men try to work these things out um, or they'll more direct with each other. And women just tend to be afraid of confronting something or someone and therefore it never goes away. It just grows. So come on women. Yeah. Confront people like conflicts. Great. I mean, as long as you go into it, wanting to resolve it, you're in a good place. Um, this uh, has been so oh much gosh, fun really with you. you. I had a great time. Thank you. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, you two I just want to be kept up on. Yeah. Well, and you right back at you. Thank you. Um, we want to be kept up to speed on your on your screenplay because okay. I, I just got to give a yeah. shout out to you on that. I mean, amazing. We'll promote it on our Thank email you. list. Yes, so what, when you're ready, this is your first screenplay, right? Yes, it'll be my I mean, I think it'll go into production yeah. this year. That's exciting, though. How exciting. And I didn't get to mention this, but I'm just going to say, you know, there recently in Hollywood, I might have mentioned this in our our pre-call, but um, a studio just started like a whole genre of movies for people over 50, particularly women. And it's run by a woman named Amy Bear, who used to be at Sony. And she's a big deal. And this is the first time a studio in Hollywood has said, 
we want to make movies for middle-aged women and men. And um, Hollywood sort of pretends that phase doesn't even exist, you know? So it's really great that they are embracing romantic comedies, road trip movies, serious dramas for a demographic that Hollywood has largely ignored forever. So it's a good sign. So great. I love to hear that. Great. Monica, who's your writing partner? Can you give a call out to her? Absolutely. My writing partner is named Jordan Roder Stodel, and she's an old friend. And in fact, um, I brought her on a press trip to a wellness retreat, and we wrote that movie based on actual events. Clearly, we didn't swap bodies with anyone, but when we got to this trip, um, these two young women came over and she was so excited. She was practically vibrating. It was like she was back in high school and the popular Dewey girls were coming. And she was like, I hope we sit with them. Look at these 20 somethings. And I was like, they're not even going to talk to us. They're just going to be staring at their phones. Well, lo and behold, they sat with us. We ended up having dinner with them, drank lots of wine. We actually went back to their room and pulled some spirit animal cards and smoked some pot. And we had friends for the rest of the weekend. So Anyway, Jordan is fantastic. It's been really incredible to have a partnership with her. Wow. And that's what gave you the idea for the screenplay? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. So we didn't swap bodies awesome. with them. And here's the funny thing. You know, once we befriended them, we were all in a text. Throughout the weekend, they would text us and say, like, do you want to go for a walk on the beach? What are you doing later? And we were like, leave us alone. We're older women. We just want to nap. We're away from our families. We couldn't shake them. But Jordan is a seasoned writer. And um, what's great is we've become even better friends through writing together. And um, we really compliment each other. And she makes me laugh like nobody else. So I love that. that. That is amazing. Yeah. And how can our audience find Pretty Ripe? Should they just go to the website and then sign up for the email from there? Yeah. If you go to prettyripe.com, you just subscribe. Give me your email and I'll send it out to you every week. Great. Oh, I I have to say it's the one email I read top to bottom and I don't read all of my emails. I do. I love it. I love your writing style. It's super fresh and and fun and all that. Yep. This has been so fun. Well, I love when we meet somebody who's like our kindred spirit, I know. our like fourth I sister. Know. Yeah, I, know. I want in. Thank you for having me. This has been Thank hilarious. You. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> bye. Okay, great. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Raw Female Podcast and join our mailing list at rawfemale.com. 